Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you newly, weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Alright, well, we're recording. This is Star Wars Episode 5, well, it's Our Certain Point of View, Episode 5, Star Wars this podcast is... I can't do the impersonation. This podcast is your life. This podcast is, is your life. I'm this pod... I was trying to do Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to Anakin. Hello this there. This podcast is your life. Uh, lightsabers is your life. Um, so, hello. I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. And this is Star Wars, our certain point of view podcast. News from last week. We are now available, finally, on iTunes. It actually broke last week. But I don't think we got a chance to talk about it. If you search uh, Mandalorian on Spotify, we come up number one right now uh, for podcasts. And that is thanks to anyone listening to this. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you continue to listen. If you have a moment, it is very appreciated if you just, you know, maybe plunk down a five star on iTunes. That is how we get listeners. Uh, iTunes, um, the more five star ratings you have, the higher you show up in their search. So we would love it if you'd be uh, willing to take a moment to do that. Also, feedback, as always, where would they go to give us feedback, Tim? You can go to facebook.com slash ourcertainview. That's our page. Page name is Far, Far Away Our Galaxy Is. So if you've got questions or something you want to discuss, that would be the place to do it. I think we need to open that up, though, because uh, the way it's structured, I think we have to initiate discussions. We might have to revisit that. And I didn't put a question of the week out there, so... Uh, yeah, so a little bit shy on that. As always, thank you, Gordon, Shasta Mangold, hey. Vintage X Podcast. I listened to, did you listen to his latest podcast? I did. Uh, it, it has a, a few bad words in it, so it's not as child-friendly as ours, but only a few. I think literally two, and they're hilarious. Um, and he also mentioned us on there, so that's worth listening to. And Jane's Addiction is on there, and that's always worth listening to. And the Pixies, who I saw in concert, I'm off topic. Did we miss anything last week, Tim? What uh, we, happened we last did. week? We did. Well, big, big Star Wars event last week. It was Triple Force Friday. It was Triple Force Friday. So Force Friday happened. A new line of, of toys and Legos and things of that nature are out and about. Um, look them up. Check them out. We'll have some chats did you, uh, soon. But Speaking of which, did you see the new figure uh, for the Mandalorian? I did. That looks so awesome. Yeah. What is that line called? Um... Black Series? Yeah, Black Series. Yep. That looks really cool. Yep. Castus uh, figure is out, too. That's from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But Yahoo! All that, all that stuff is coming. So today's topic. This pod... I can't do the accent. This podcast is your life, Anakin. Is that good? That's that not pretty good. good. Was that good? Yeah. All right. The topic today is lightsabers and the history thereof and blah, 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 ginger. Everything to do with lightsabers. By the way, the blah, 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 ginger is a reference to a Far Side cartoon. Um, not people with red hair. All right. Countdowns. Yeah, so Triple Force Friday happened. Um, I know we didn't do a countdown to it, but it, it happened. It's there. We're going to have some chats about that real soon with the new stuff that came out. So um, that was negative six. Negative six. Negative six, six countdown. Six days ago. Today is uh, October 10th, if you're listening. It is um, October 10th. And how far are we from Resistance Reborn novel? You've added this to the list. Yes, the Resistance Reborn was announced uh, when they were doing the, uh, the Triple Force Friday releases. They announced this novel. Um, I think it was announced earlier, but it's here. So that's November 5th. That is 26 days away. And the big one, Disney Plus and The Mandalorian come out 
Yeah, November 12th, 33 days 33. away. Three. That's awesome. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you've added this one. Yes, Jedi Fallen Order is the new video game coming out. Oh, that looks good. Um, that is three days later. It's 36 days away, uh, which for someone like me is, is pretty nice because a it? November release of a video game, I don't usually get them until... So you know, somewhere in the end of December. So we got some Mandalorian yeah. stuff to do, and then when I get that at the end of December, hopefully, then... Well, when a new video game comes out and it's like a November release, I usually get it around December four years later. Because <laughs> I'm poor. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, um, what was it going to... was about to, Oh, do we know what platforms that's going to be? Uh, well, right now, the PS4 and Xbox One. I like that. Yeah. I got a PS4. Yeah. Because I'm rich. No, never mind. All right. And 70 Days Until... Rise of Skywalker. Yes, the last installment in the Skywalker movie series, at least as far as we know. This will be the third time we've thought we've had the last installment in the Skywalker series, so we'll see. And in 142 days at the most, we'll have the premiere of... Clone Wars Season 7. Season 7. And for anyone interested, I know The Mandalorian's coming and that's going to be our focus, but in 33 days, if you don't own the DVDs of Clone Wars, they're supposed to be on Disney Plus as well. Which is awesome. And if you haven't watched Rebels, you have to watch Rebels. Rebels will be there, too. Oh, you know what's interesting about this? Uh, I like this. The Well, this is kind of also frustrating. The series is not in chronological order. Correct. So if you watch the Clone Wars series, uh, those first six seasons jump all over the timeline. So I'm wondering, now that I say that, if season seven, where that's going to pick up. Because that be, literally yeah. could be anywhere in the timeline, based on how they used to do them. And to... Piggyback on that, if you have not yet watched Clone Wars at all, um, you have the option of watching it in the release order or, or chronologically. People have posted that. It's available um, at some point. I'll find it again and post it on our page once November 12th gets around. Which way would you recommend? I've done both. I don't know. I think the, they did a good job of making the first episodes very – they had a strong hook. So it was they were fun episodes. But I think if I were to watch them over, I'd watch them chronologically. Um, but anyway, all right, Star Wars Day is May the 4th, and that is... 207 days away. 207, celebration begins in... 322. And, and we are so excited about the potential Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming at some point. We hope it has you and McGregor in it. Hello there. Another, <laughs> your, your lightsaber is your life, Anakin. That was okay. All right, so on to our main topic, the laser sword. Yeah. Is it a laser sword? Sort of. Uh, I've heard a lot of conversations where George Lucas says laser sword. Well, it is actually used, uh, do you know where in the movies they say laser sword? Um, Anakin says laser sword in episode one. Does he? Oh, he does say it. Oh, they uh, they bookended that then because um, Luke says it. And, uh, and The Last Jedi, he says it's... Uh, Something oh, to come out there with a laser with sword. A laser yeah. sword. I forgot that Anakin said, oh, like father, like son. All right, so we're going to be talking laser swords today. What do you got, Tim? This is, you're more of an expert on this than I am. So. I love the lightsabers. And I'll tell you right now, we'll have a little bit of uh, Legends talk and some of the stuff that happened with Legends, but what they've done with lightsabers in canon, I absolutely love where they've taken it and what they are now. You said something interesting to me before... Uh, we started recording um, about Disney and Legends and canon, and I think it's a good point to bring up before we get into lightsaber talk uh, about how people are worried that Disney's going to dismiss a lot of the Legends. Um, I think you're right. You kind of, I think, made it sound like people might be jumping the gun and worrying about these things. 
clearly they have dumped a lot of legend stories. But Luke Skywalker I th- stories. I think they've different. also breathed life into some of them that were a little surprising. I mean, the uh, fact that uh, Thrawn is in canon now, um, even though not the way he was originally, you know, involved in the books. But his character is still so strong and and really well done in the series. I liked him. But so I think it's uh, as I think you were saying. I think it may be premature to. Uh, to give Disney a hard time when it comes to their how they handle legends. And I think we talked about it before, you know, we're we're in a unique situation with Canon where, you know, we did get to keep our original story and we've branched off from there, but other things like I think we talked about this in one of our in one of them with Spider-Man, you know, you've got three, Spider-Man. four different reboots of Spider-Man and his origin story, but multiverse. You know, Luke was still raised by Owen and Baru and that's where we went from. He blew up the Death Star, and it, it went from there. So, a spoiler, Luke blows up the Death Star. How old is Luke in A New Hope? 18, I think. How old do you think Aunt Beru is? Because how old does she look at the end of Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> well, she looks like she's like 20. You anyway. And, you and McGregor so isn't quite pushing that, that. No, he doesn't look like Alec Guinness either. No. Yeah, I guess Tatooine's pretty rough on a person, isn't it? Yeah. What's a lightsaber, Tim? What is a lightsaber? A lightsaber is a laser sword. No, All right. You, it was you, nice <laughs> talking to you guys. See you now. <laughs> you, you wrote that question down. I assumed you had an answer. Um, so a lightsaber is a... <laughs> Is an elegant tool, right? It is um, an elegant weapon. For a more civilized time. Absolutely. Um, and what do we have? We have a, a hilt. Um, you can look up the components inside. I'm not going to describe the components. It's better with a visual. But what powers these they things? They are powered by a kyber crystal. <gasps> um, and it's a controlled beam that you get, which can cut through most surfaces. Of course, there are some things in the Star Wars universe we know that it cannot go through. We'll talk about those. That is true. Not the um, least of which is other lightsabers. Correct. Which is why they make good parrying weapons. Yes, they do. Um, or uh, anything, uh, they have weapons that run electricity through them. It's what we see with the staffs with uh, Grievous's, uh droids. They have the electro... I forgot what they're called. And you see the same thing, that baton that the uh, First Order trooper uses in... Uh, and uh, The Force Awakens when he yells, Traitor! And he pulls that thing out. Hey, can we address that right now? Sure. Why a First Order trooper has a weapon that can block a lightsaber? Yeah, we're hearing lightsabers. Why not? That's a that's a really good point. Because this has bothered me that it has bothered fans. Uh, we have I see all these uh, posts of people saying well, it doesn't make any sense that a fir- First Order trooper is carrying a baton that can block a lightsaber. I would just remind any uh, fan who wonders about this: who were the First Order looking for? Who were they trying to hunt down and kill? Luke Skywalker. And his primary weapon is a, a lightsaber. lightsaber. So I would imagine all First Order troopers, at least the ones assigned to, uh, to Kylo Ren, would know how to defend themselves against a lightsaber attack. So I actually am not a super huge fan of these. Uh, of uh, Well, Force Awakens was okay, or, but the later movies. But that actually did make sense, and I thought it was really cool, too. Anyway, what's a lightsaber, Tim? So it's a kyber-powered, kyber-crystal-powered... Kyber-powered plasma sword. sword. Plasma sword. All right. So that makes it hotter than the sun. Okay. Maybe. Um, What else? What were you going to add to this first before we get into where these things, like, originate in the Jedi history? Um, No, that's that's what we need to know about them. So we're going to jump in. Um, There are some really cool... People have pulled them apart and shown... 
you know, the different components. Um, and I recommend that you look some of those up. Oh, there's a great, were you going to talk about uh, Clone Wars episode where the Padawans have to make theirs? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that gets into it. Because that's, that's where we are. What happens? The Jedi, um, it's, it's part of their rite of passage. This is what we're, this is what they do. They go off um, to find their kyber crystals. And Canon has done a really great job of, of what happens. The kyber crystals call to the Jedi. Yep. Which is awesome. It, it, not to interrupt, sorry. No, go ahead. But, uh, you brought this up in, when we talked about Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader's comment to Luke when he looks at his new lightsaber, your training is complete. So yeah, it is clearly a significant part of their, uh, of their passage to become Jedi. Yeah. Um, so they, they do that. The crystals call to them. Um, I think there was one in Clone Wars, if I remember correctly, that, that just grabbed a crystal and brought it back and said that they heard it and it disintegrated or melted in his hand and went away. Yeah. Um, um, there was a, a point of dishonesty. And you, you have to have the kyber crystal that calls to you. The kyber crystals are, um, we'll get into this, I think that I um, posted my quote here that I had ready for it, um, that they are, uh, the crystal is a potent thing, alive in some strange way. Uh, that is said by... The Dark Lord Sidious, um, in a, in a we, lesson he's giving to someone. Um, can you we, do it in his voice? I cannot. Don't do it in his voice. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the crystals themselves are interesting. Uh, now that does lead to a little bit of what I would consider continuity issues, um, because if the crystals are calling out to their uh, makers, blah blah blah. Um, you remember what powers the the massive planet destroying laser of the Death Stars? A gigantic kyber crystal. Kyber crystal. Did that call out to Galen Erso and say, "Make me into a planet destroying"? Well, kyber- Galen Erso is. You notice it's green. Yeah. Uh-huh. Galen Erso so. is 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 clearly brilliant and was studying the kybers for a long time. So there there what, has what, to be something else there. Catalyst. That was from the book Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, great book. We talked about that last time too. We did, um, and that's that's really the way that I've seen, um, or that that I think that had to go is something in his studies made him able to use that one way or another. Because there's something they don't all just melt when you use them, but there is something else to it. Yeah. All right. So the Jedi, uh, as far as is this where we want to talk about like the first lightsaber stuff like that? We, there really yeah. isn't much about it, and really almost all of that's legends. Canon hasn't addressed much of this with the uh, what did you what how does it pronounce the Jedi the Jedi the Jedi, and I think the first guy is just simply called Weapons Master. Yeah. So um, we'll, and yeah, and it's a it. different type. I don't remember the. The detail, the specifics. It is slightly different than yeah, the lightsabers the we do. Proto saber. Yeah, um, and we'll get into the some of their stuff and their history in a in a later episode we've got set. So if you, yeah, one of the uh, the rites we talk about the rites of passage is that these things are fairly complex. Like just from a mechanical point of view, they're fairly complex, and the Jedi are expected to build them using the Force, not their fingers. And the Clone Wars does a good job of showing that, of them just sitting there with the pieces hovering in front of them. Um, and Ahsoka Tano is a great example of she had to build, ultimately, four lightsabers. And, uh, and all of that goes back to, uh, to that original uh, Re- uh, Return of the Jedi radio drama when they first talked about that with Luke. And it was, it was really, really a cool thing to listen to. And we did find out that... Uh, Luke, according to legends, 
he actually did get a uh, another lightsaber, um, Hulik, who was the Jedi. Kill- he was one of the. He was a Rodian Jedi killed during uh, Order sixty six. He was entombed with his uh, lightsaber. Uh, one of his family members. This is the story. Uh, liberates the. You know, goes and gets the lightsaber. Gives it to Luke, knowing that he's an aspiring young Jedi. Luke takes it apart in order to try to figure out how the thing works and breaks it. That's that's a really really silly story about Luke. Uh, Figuring out the thing. I like that you mentioned that Luke ultimately can't build his lightsaber until he gives up trying um, with manuals and taking apart other people's lightsabers and just uses the Force, which does, again, lead into this theory that it is a primary part of Jedi training to be able to manipulate the Force to create this weapon and what is one of the most beautiful parts of the Star Wars galaxy, the lightsaber. So... That's the the creation is part of their training. What about their fighting styles, Tim? What do we think about this? So How we, many forms could there be? Uh, there are officially seven forms of seven. lightsaber combat. Um, those are official forms. I'm sure there are others. And, you know, personally, I would say that the, the combat forms are really important, especially with the lightsaber. Uh, you talk about, you know, sword forms here on Earth, and they're important too, don't get me wrong, but... You're talking about um, a pretty serious cut versus just throwing around a lightsaber. You're talking about you know losing a limb. Yeah, but they can replace them. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Because when you mentioned that earlier, but lightsabers are a lot more dangerous than swords. That's true, but their medical science is a lot more advanced than ours. And they cauterize, which is kind of nice. They do. It's pretty clean. Chris, I don't think I'd want an artificial limb. Even theirs. It is interesting that Luke's hand looks real for a while, but he's the only one with an artificial limb that looks real. I can't think of anyone else anyway. Of course, Darth Vader's the only other person we can. It's one of the weird things, like in the Emperor, in the Empire's time, like that technology. Yeah. Got better. It seems like. So forms one through seven yep. are uh, what these guys are trained in. and um, We don't have a whole lot to say about those because we're not trained in any of them. No, and yet. what I would actually say about it is, like, I think the first time this came to my attention that there was supposed to be these forms, I think there was four. And uh, so I think, I think these are kind of arbitrary fan descriptions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, I think that by the time the next movie comes out, there might be 12 forms and you know, 12 different explanations um, because it does seem to change every time you look it up. So if you're reading your Wikipedia or whatever, um, yeah, it seems to change. Now, that having been said, as you watch the movies, clearly the actors are taught certain forms. And, of course, who am I going to – who's the guy – Who's awesome in martial arts? Who's oh, Ray Park. Ray Park. That man clearly does know martial arts. So he's using, you know, more of an Eastern style of fighting. Um, the uh, the double-bladed lightsaber is really, really cool. Of course, the problem with the double-bladed lightsaber is it's not a bow staff. The advantage of the bow staff is that you could use it anywhere to, as a handle and then just wield the thing like a gigantic stick if you needed to. Can't do that with a double-bladed lightsaber. you got to hold the middle of it. And also, while it looks cool, they can only use one side of it at a time, so it's not that much more effective than single lightsaber. But Ray Park looks awesome no matter what he's doing. Yeah. So, way to go, Ray Park. Absolutely. Uh, the other style I think that we see that looks very, very, very unique 
Is who? Well, not Yoda. Yoda's just small. That's why his looks unique. Yoda's relatively unique. You talking about Ahsoka? I'm, I'm thinking or... movies. Ahsoka's awesome. Doku. Yes, this is very different. Doku fights like a fencer. Uh, unlike, uh, so we see everything from like uh, Kylo Ren with his like uh, broadsword type bastard sword battle axe, almost you know just slinging the thing around, and then you see more like um, like Anakin and Obi Wan, which is more like kendo style fighting, which is the Japanese sword fighting. But Doku fights like a fencer. And fencers, what their main power is, is nuance, is, you know, trying to, like, all you got to do is avoid getting hit. Uh, you don't have to, like, take the full force of, uh, of someone's hit. That's why his blade is, or his hilt is curved. I took a, uh, well, I had to get a, well, I have a bachelor's degree in history. And part of that degree process, I had to take a physical fitness class, and I took fencing. I'm like, this sounds cool. And what struck me, there was a little German dude who taught this class, and it was awesome. He's an old German man. Yeah, memories. Anyway, the very first time he showed us a fencing foil, the handle looked like a pistol grip. I didn't know that. I'm like, what? I don't understand what I'm looking at, because it looked like a pistol grip. Um, and then he explained to us that this was a, a type of, of fencing style to hold the, the sword like this. So when I saw Doku's... Uh, uh, lightsaber hilt, that was the first thing I thought about. So that is a fencing, more of a fencing foil than it is uh, a sword. It's and a laser foil. I think this uh, will kind of pull us, start to pull us into some of the lightsaber styles that exist right now. Yeah. Um, you talked about the double-bladed lightsaber. You sort of alluded to, we actually have something new that showed up in Rebels called a pistol lightsaber. Yep. Um, and that's, that's wielded by Ezra at the beginning. He's got that. Um, and somebody pointed out uh, somewhere that it was it was really neat that he had that because he could essentially open carry his lightsaber. Uh, he could wear it on his belt, and to the observer, it was a blaster. There weren't a lot of lightsabers floating around. They didn't look at it and see lightsaber. They looked at it and saw blaster. So that was really kind of neat. That's a good point because when they introduced Kanan's character... He has to keep his in pieces so that no one will know what it is he's carrying. Yeah. I never thought about that. Nice. Yep. Um, so you've got other pieces. Uh, you've got, of course, your, we said the double-bladed. Um, the Inquisitors in Rebels show us a double-bladed lightsaber that does what? It spins. Yeah, it's on a spinning handle. They do some really right cool round, stuff. Baby, right um, round like a record. And I wonder if some of that design came from uh, Grievous and the way he... Handled those, and they, they saw that fighting style. Made a difference in, in what they wanted there. Um, and then you've got you know your curved hilt lightsaber and the lightsaber pikes. And we'll come back to the lightsaber pikes that are, that are carried by the uh, Jedi guards. Yeah. Now, um, I will say this about the hilts. I, I, they don't look comfortable to the hand. Have you ever noticed that? They don't actually look like, some, like a handle. But, uh, yeah. So that's interesting. They are very functional... I guess it's function over form with that. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So a few others uh, to talk about. Some other cool ones. Uh, you had the, the cross guard lightsaber. Uh, Kylo the, Ren? Yeah. Kylo but Ren's he wasn't the first to have that. He was not. That was an old design. Um, and some of that was from not being able to control the power. So, so much power was being poured through that they created the cross guards to come out. They weren't a defensive item. They were just meant to release some of the power Leads so that they could create the... But do you know where else we see that, though? We actually do see that on, on screen somewhere else other than Kylo Ren. 
It's got to be Clone Wars. It's Rebels. Is it in Rebels? When they're at that uh, Jedi Temple and uh, they see uh, all yes. the old ancient relics. Yes. One of them is a cross guard lightsaber. Yeah. Awesome. Rebels is awesome. Rebels is awesome. Um, very few of them. There, there are some. Uh, I don't know if they're a full variant, but there are some cane lightsabers, which are cool. Like you have to turn the whole cane into a into a saber, so it's a long handled saber. Interesting. Um, there are some shorter sabers, almost like knives, which are interesting. Uh, the calibration's got to be difficult for that. And then they have some things called great sabers, and cool. some of this goes into legends. I don't know that we've seen any in. I actually think canon. Kylo Ren's is kind of a great saber with the. Because it's, it's more like a broadsword. Are you talking about the big ones? That are longer. Yeah. Yeah. Because his, I think, is longer than normal. But maybe now, supposedly, Vader's is built to change length, and that he would actually, and I think Dooku as well, if I'm not mistaken, but I know the Vader's is listed as being able to change length, and he actually changes it throughout the battle, um, throughout his battles to... Oh, yeah, to yeah. throw them off. I read that. Um, well, you mentioned the short blades. Before we move on from that, the Shoto blade... Yes. This is actually a Japanese term. Um, I associate it with Ahsoka because she carries. She always carries two blades. One of them's normal length. The other one's shorter. That's the. I think that's called the Shoto. Yep. Shoto lightsaber is what what they officially called it. Ahsoka. Um, and going to Legends, there are some really cool ones like changing the length, where they're really specific about changing the length. If you haven't read the Jedi Academy trilogy, um, it's a great, great trilogy of books. It is all Legends. It didn't happen. Um, we. Didn't happen. You know, what happened with the Academy was unfortunate. Um, oh. But the Jedi Academy trilogy is awesome. Introduced one of my favorite characters, Kip Duran, into the series, uh, along with some others. It brings Exar Kun back, and it's just, it's nuts. Um, spoiler, other than that, sorry. <laughs> but read it. I mean, it doesn't tell you a whole lot about it, but it's it's there. It's really cool. So, um, I got a question, especially since we brought Ahsoka Tano into this. Uh, what do these colors mean? Do they mean anything? Oh yeah, they because mean... I've seen different colors. Uh, before we get off combat styles, though, I do want to mention two things, and I keep saying Ahsoka because Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters. I was about to say Jedi, but as she says herself, she's no Jedi. Um, two things about her fighting form are very unique. Well, one is she uses two lightsabers. That's not that unique. We see that a few do that. Asajj Ventress is one of my other favorites. Do we see anyone in the movies use two? Uh, well, we do in moments, but um, right, not like to, as part of their happen. practice. But uh, the other thing is she fights underhanded, which is kind yeah. of an odd choice for someone who's real short, but it is very, very awesome to watch. Can we shout out uh, Ashley Eckstein? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. The, the voice actress who does Ahsoka, and uh, she also read the novel. She narrated the novel, yeah, that yeah. was really, really cool. And she has a clothing line, a Star Wars clothing line, which is kind of cool. Yeah, my daughter's a huge fan. I'm a big fan, for that matter, yeah. um, of Ashley Eckstein. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I think so. All right, so those are our combat styles. Um, so we're going to talk some colors. Well, I kind of want to go back to the... Because uh, now that I've said As Asajj Ventress, yeah. she was Doku's Sith apprentice. Right. She also uses curved hilt lightsabers, but she does. She dual wields. And maybe that's all I want to say. I like Asajj. I'm a big fan. You know, uh, she's the one that gives Anakin his scar well, on his eye. That was Asajj. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what do these colors mean? Yeah. Red means stop. Red means stop. Yellow is go. go. No, it means speed Slow up. Slow down, speed up. Green. Um, so we've seen or sort of seen. It's a lot of conflicting information here, isn't there? 
Some. Some. Some, for sure. Okay. Uh, we've got orange, blue, green, yellow, red, purple, white, and black that we're going to talk about. And we're going to start with orange because... Because it didn't happen. Plo Koon. Yeah. Um, uh. We thought the Plo Koon had an orange saber, and we found out in the movies and everywhere else that he has a blue lightsaber. Um, there are a lot of online sources that I've looked at who are like, oh yeah, Plo Koon's got the orange one, and we think it means this. Um, from my understanding, the only place that Plo Koon has an orange saber is in the Jedi Power Battles game. Uh, which came out around the time of Episode One, before we saw Plo Koon with a saber. And I guess they weren't being very upfront with what was going to happen with saber colors. So when the game was allowed to be released, the game just kind of put Get, saber... Yeah, they were just in there. And he got an orange, and then, to my understanding, we never saw orange again, so that's gone. So let's say you're a 20-year-old, and someone hands you a weapon and says, this was your father's. What are you going to do with that thing? Well, I'm probably going to try to look down the barrel look of it. right down the barrel. Because are we ready to move on to our next color? I think so. What, what, what color? That would be blue. Blue. Yeah. Um, so, blue lightsabers. Now, what happens with the kyber crystals? And this is what's really important. The kyber crystals call out to the Jedi or to the Force user in, in question that are coming to get them. <clears throat> and when they call them and they claim them and they build their lightsaber, um, the blue versus the green, and we'll get to the yellow... Um, is determined based on the personality of the Jedi in question. I'm going to refer to Jedi right now. We're talking about blue and green. They're the predominant lightsaber builders. Um, that doesn't mean that nobody else can build it, but they're who we're discussing here. So the blue were used by what are called the Guardian Jedi. They're the ones who are frontline, ready to go, just running into protect right away. So definitely Anakin types, um, like as he was in the Clone Wars. Yeah, Anakin built a blue lightsaber. Yeah. If you look at look at all of the blue lightsabers that you see right away, um, they're very direct to to get involved and to help. It. You know, they want to help, but they're trying to directly solve all those problems, um, and that really happens. So that's that's a what I call a force personality, is what determines that. So this means Qui-Gon's going to... His was green, wasn't it? Qui-Gon is green. Nice. Yeah. Because um, he wasn't the warrior type so much. He wasn't the run. He was He was deeply dedicated to the Force itself. Yoda. Um, as were a number of the Masters. Yeah. And those were the Consular Jedis. The Consulars were, were devoted to the Force rather than just that hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, Yoda, Luke... We're going to talk about a Master called Kirik Infila. Um, if you haven't seen him yet, it's... It's in the Darth Vader comic book series, the 2017 version. He is amazing in the little bit that we get to see him around. Um, so great. Uh, but these, these green lightsabers, they're dedicated to the Force itself. And one of the things you see, uh, if you look at Luke, Luke went from, and Luke never built a blue, but Luke became very Force-driven toward the end of Episode Six. He became very centered, um, and I think that's where it, it still explains that green for him. Um, and somebody else we saw had blue and then built green after. I don't remember. Who was that? We had somebody had a blue to start and then they built a green. If you're asking me, I don't know the answer. I'm going to have to think about that some more because I'm trying to recall. So you're asking you. I, I'm asking everyone. <laughs> Why is nobody answering? Can't you guys answer? Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's the blue. That's the green. Those are our bases, and that's, that's where we go from there. Um, so those are our Jedi. So those are our primary. The, the vast majority of Jedi use the blue or the green, but 
I know as people are going through the Jedi Temple, we see other colors. Yes. Specifically at the Jedi Temple. Yeah, right before you walk into the Jedi what, Temple. What are we right seeing there? We're seeing some yellow. We do see yellow. Yeah. Um, and there's some who are listing these yellows as, as somewhere between blue and green, but I put them outside of everything, and I would say the green is kind of a closer to a mix of the blue and yellow, like it is in regular colors. Um, so who's carrying the yellow lightsabers? So these are the Jedi Guards. I find these guys absolutely fascinating. Really, the only time we see them much is uh, in the cartoon series of Clone Wars, especially the uh, the story arc surrounding the trial of Ahsoka and uh, Barasophy and all that stuff. Um, you see these guards actually take Ahsoka prisoner. Um, so they're masked, and they're wearing one of the few bits of armor that actually can resist lightsabers, and they're carrying yellow lightsaber staffs. Um, yeah, they call them pikes. And these are Jedi. And apparently these are Jedi who, and correct me if I'm getting this, if my memory's wrong here, uh, these were Jedi who showed a particular, particularly adept fighting style, I guess. Um, and I was this a temporary duty that Jedi took on? That's I don't why they think were masked so. so they would be anonymous. I, it I was, think. Yeah, and I I don't know. I I hope it was temporary. I hope it was kind of a. And I, obviously they wouldn't think of it this way, but it was like, oh no, I've got guard duty this decade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah they were they were called into service. Um, they are Jedi knights who are called into service. Um, this is stated on StarWars.com. Um, the Temple Guards, this is a direct quote, the Temple Guards were anonymous sentinels plucked from the ranks of the Jedi as part of a knight's ongoing commitment to the Order. Right? And then they would disappear into these robes and masks to become completely anonymous. And personally, I think the reason they get these yellow lightsabers yeah. is again to express that anonymity. Anonymity. Um, oh, I like that. I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah, they don't have their saber. They don't have, it doesn't define who they are. It's um, a neutral saber. And somebody somebody stated somewhere, I, I don't remember where, and I'm sorry if you if you did and you hear it, let me know and I'll put your name on there we'll somewhere. So you said this. Yeah, you said it. Um, somebody said it, that they are um, given their pikes. Yeah. They're not built by them. And that would that make sense. as one moves on or passes or whatever, that the next one takes up that person's pike. I would assume pike. their armor, all that stuff are relics that the temple maintains. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Jocasta new type. Yep. You know who we didn't talk about when you're talking about different lightsaber types? We oh, saving it for Jocasta the end. New. Well, then yes. keep saving it. This is a, no, this is a good point to say this. Uh, Jocasta New, yeah. Uh, there are rumors and pictures out there of her yeah. with a yellow lightsaber. Guess what she doesn't have? A yellow lightsaber. She doesn't have a yellow lightsaber. She doesn't have a yellow lightsaber. We're talking about the old woman, the librarian lady yeah. um, at the temple. Yes. So, um, so Jocasta New, she shows up in the comic books also, and she's awesome. Um, and she builds something new. What's the new lightsaber she, that she builds? She actually is a really, really cool character, especially given how kind of in the background, and she does kind of play the matronly old woman in the movie. Uh, she uh, she incorporates her lightsaber into a larger design. That's what makes this cool. She creates a blaster rifle from her uh, from her lightsaber, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, although it doesn't turn out to work so well, does it? No, it doesn't last very long. It kind of falls apart. Uh, a lot of stuff goes wrong. But it was... It was a really, really neat and interesting design she did while she was... You know what it reminds me of, actually? Do you know the Star Trek uh, phaser designs? In the yeah. original series, they had these little tiny handheld phasers that were like the size of a, a folding uh, you know, flip phone type cell phone. And then later, they had the pistol grips. Well, all they did was take that flip phone and stick it on the top of a pistol grip. 
And uh, that's what that reminded me of, because she just stuck her uh, lightsaber inside the body of a, uh, well, it's like a rifle. It's really cool looking. If you look it is it an awesome looking rifle. Um, but yeah, she <clears throat> overuse uh, destroys the, the weapon. Um, and yeah, that old lady's throwing down. So uh, Jocasta knew had, uh, she did not have yellow, it was blue, if I remember correctly. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. So she, wait a minute, that means she's a warrior. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, you know, when you when you think about her character, that she's not one that disappears into the forest. She's she does study and she reads and she's part of that. I guess when that, you're, you're a order. human and you get older, even if you're a Jedi, they gotta have some sort of retirement plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess that was there. That's what's is, going you're, on. You're in the library now. Yeah. So it is finally time. We are going to talk about red Kyra crystals. The synthetics. No, they are not synthetic. But no. So yeah. Legends had synthetics, right? I just said that too. Uh, the, uh, Push your buttons. Yeah, the, the Sith were making their own crystals. And this this kind of drove me nuts because these are these are the Kyber crystals. These are the the units that power everything that we love, right? Star Wars is what it is because of these. And the Sith are like, oh, we made our own. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. I didn't like it. No. Canon fixed it. And I know there are things in, in canon that you don't like and things in Legends that you don't like. Canon fixed lightsabers. And I know I said that already, but coming into the red, this is where it happens. Now, I've got quite a bit to say about red. And while I'm doing that, um, I've actually prepared a segment of uh, comic strips. Not comic strips. The comic book um, pages. They're... When you read them digitally, they're just cell by cell. So the comic book pages for Jim to read. I'm going to talk about a few things while he goes through a few pages uh, to get kind of caught up on, on one little piece, and I want to be able to talk to him about it afterward. I'm going to read this as we're recording. Yeah, so here I go. Um, Kyber is made to bleed through the dark side, right? This is what is happening now. They are no longer just a, a synthetically made, you know, whatever else. A Sith has to take a Jedi's kyber crystal, steal their lightsaber, take their crystal, and make it bleed crimson through the dark side and just pour that energy in. And it's so cool. Um, and I'm going to quote a few of the few other pieces here. Uh, the Emperor says, You must seek out a Jedi from whom to take a kyber crystal, a daunting task after our success together in eradicating them from the galaxy. So he's sending Vader off on this quest to find a Jedi and steal it. Um, but that's how you know he has to take it from a Jedi. Um, so he goes out, he looks for this, this Jedi Master, Kirik Infila, who, like I said, I'm going to talk about this guy later on because he's so cool and, and clearly very powerful. Um, and, and just everything that he does. So I'm going to go just into the... A little bit of the backstory uh, through these books. You need to go back and read the, the Vader series. They're wonderfully done. Uh, the 2017 one, the, the older one was really good too, but this one has just been really great. So Master Infila, long story short, um, I won't give you all the details because I'd love for you to read them. Vader gets his lightsaber. Vader has now got a Jedi's lightsaber, and he has taken it with him. And that's what I've got Jim reading uh, just to get caught up. I'm reading right now. Yeah. Um, so it's such a, a cool concept that they have to to pour this dark side piece. Now I've got something else that goes along with this um, that I really wanted to talk about because this whole idea of balancing the force that keeps coming up 
is really brought into question by this bleeding kyber crystal. Because having to take a light crystal and make it bleed, uh, they actually say in some places cause it pain, implies to me that, that dark side only practitioners, essentially the Sith, can't really get a crystal of their own. They have to steal it, making you know the natural order of the force being more light side. Now I'm not to say that there's no room for using the dark side, but clearly using it for evil purposes might not be great. Well, that would that would also um, reading and yeah. listening. That also goes along with the uh, TV show The Clone Wars, where Yoda takes them to the planet to get their kyber crystals. Yes, the Sith wouldn't be able to do that. And it, it changes. It changes a lot. Um, but that balance is really cool. And the balance just changes things um, because now – or it, it may or may not change things. The balance could exist within the Force or it could just be that the kyber crystals are naturally a light force object. They're said that there's some kind of life to them and they could just be a light Force object. So that's kind of where we're at. Oh, I'm there. Yes. I'm finished. All right. So what has happened here? Anakin has taken the green crystal. He contacted Sidious. Sidious sent him to a special planet, and he is supposed to take the time, draw the dark energy from the planet, and make the Kyber crystal bleed. But the Kyber crystal strikes back. And what happened, Jim? I got really, really confused because it looks like he fought Sidious. Yeah. yeah, with a green lightsaber, and then all of a sudden he was confronting Obi-Wan, so it's clearly a vision of some yes. sort he's having, um, um, kind of like the dark side, or the, the force cave on Dagobah. Yeah, so the dark side tests you no matter what, right? Are you willing, Are will you come to the dark side? Or, if you're trying to be dark side, it's like, are you really good enough to be dark side? Um, Whatever's happening there is clearly very painful and almost, I think it almost kills him. It was, it was, yeah, it's very, very intense. And Vader goes through this, this period of can I be dark side or should I go back and take this green lightsaber, destroy the Sith Lord, and start to repent. Um, and, of course, we, there's no spoiler here. We know what happens. He does not. He does? No, he does not repent. He does not. Does he, not. He remains so Darth Vader. this is Vader. where we get our red lightsabers from. They have. I like that. Uh, that makes sense that they would have to be taken from a Jedi and then broken in some way. Um, because we see something similar. I think we should skip purple and go to white. We can jump to white. Are you ready to transition from red to white? Because we see something similar. Almost the opposite happens with the uh, with the creation of uh, the white lightsabers. Absolutely. Which I use the plural, but only one person that I know of has a white lightsaber. That I've seen, yeah. I and think that's so. Ahsoka Tano. It is. And she, because she uses two lightsabers. There's two white lightsabers. Um, what's the explanation there? I think it's the same, just backwards almost. It's a it's a purity it's a it's a purity process. Yeah. Um, they, she draws the dark side out of them, and they glow a pure white. And we had talked about this for a long time that we we consider Ahsoka more along the gray, but I don't know that she's a gray. I don't know that she pulls from the light and the dark. I think um, she's a light side user. I think she's a light side user. I think she's basically, this is just me thinking out loud, I, I think like Qui-Gon had a lot of problems with who the Jedi had become. I think Ahsoka kind of represents what the Jedi probably should have been under Qui-Gon's vision, which I think exactly was a more accurate vision. Exactly what I was gonna say, yes. Which I think yes. it's interesting that she says, I'm no Jedi, meaning maybe 
she's gone to the light side beyond anything the Jedi had achieved at that point. Something, something very different. Now, uh, we talked about this, and Ahsoka's kyber crystals came from an Inquisitor, correct? You know, I don't remember. I remember her gathering the pieces. I think it was two pieces. It was a double-bladed spinning Inquisitor blade, and she got both of her kyber crystals so she could build new sabers. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And this Inquisitor, Sweet. you know... She talks about reaching out in the Force and calling to the Kybers again, and these red, bleeding Kyber crystals called out to her. And this comes from Rebels, by the way. This is from Rebels. And they called out to her, and she... Was it Rebels, or was it the book? Um, Rebels is where she gets the lightsaber from the Inquisitor, but the book talks about her gathering pieces to build a new lightsaber. To build a new lightsaber. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a little mixed up there. But those Kybers called out to her. Which yep. tells you they don't want to be in that pain and bleed that red. Um, again, I don't know if that's a, the force is not truly balanced light versus dark, or if it's just the crystals themselves or a, or a light side thing. Which we're going to have a whole discussion about this uh, balance of the force thing. Yeah, that'll all come up, and it's, it's really cool. We're doing an episode on the Jedi and probably on the force itself. So here's a question for you. Yeah? In The Force Awakens, yeah. in Maz Kanata's... Yeah. Home. Yeah, where we know Luke's hand fell through the gas giant and into... Right, into that. What yeah. if his hand is there, too? What? What Ooh. if his hand's being preserved there somewhere? Yeah. That'd be neat. All right, anyway. Probably, um, probably an Ewok Ray, Ray finds the lightsaber, right? <laughs> an Ewok ate it. I think that's funny. Yeah, you know, and I think I can see where you're going with this. It calls to her, doesn't it? Yeah. It and does. it's not the saber. It's not a, it's not a force object. It's the crystal. Yeah, I think I the think crystal you're right. has chosen Ray, and it's calling her. Yeah, and that's that, and that which really helps because what did we have before that? We were like, oh, she mysteriously somehow is being called, and we don't know why or how. Yeah, but it actually fits, and it fits with stuff that we had already known. Yeah, prior to the Force Awakens, I think. So I mean, all right, so we've done all our colors except for two. Yeah, so, so let's we, white. This summarizes just uh, Ahsoka is a Force user who seems to. Be beyond pulled the well. I think it's I don't I don't know that it's a personality point at that. We we don't have enough information, but it's definitely that she's what pulled the dark side out. Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Now this was the most infuriating lightsaber for me for the longest time. It still is for me. I got to be honest. Do you know why it's purple? Yeah, I do. I mean, do you want the meta reason or do you want the in-universe reason? No, 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 the meta reason. The meta reason is because Samuel Jackson wanted to stand out from yes. the other Jedi. And. As I was preparing for this podcast over the last couple of weeks, I've really come to love the idea of this purple lightsaber. It has absolutely grown on me. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think Mace is a Sith anyway. Well, I don't think he's a Sith, <laughs> but I do honestly think that he is the only gray in the Order. He's or potentially the only gray in the order. He seems to always be angry. One uh -huh. of the worst lines in the entire I mean, not worst like as in poorly written, but as in wow, that's a messed up thing to say. Um, lines in the entire series is when especially after you watch the Clone Wars cartoon series, Anakin's been a general in this army for I think it's three years at this point. And then he comes back and the uh, he finds out who Palpatine is, immediately goes to Mace Windu. And says, I found the Sith Lord. And after he's been leading armies for three years, at least, Mace Windu says, if this is true, you'll have finally earned my trust. So there's more. That's the 
Biggest jerk move ever. You've been fighting for three years. Okay. Yeah, so this is kind of where I'm going. Yeah. All right. How do you make purple? Meta. Purple real world. Out here. Meta. Um, I'm going to mix. I say real world. I know. Star Wars real world. This is our world. Blue? We're going to mix red and blue. Oh. Okay. So if he is a light side user, devoted to the light side, he's dedicated to the light side. He's supposed to be the best. He's supposed to be the master. best. Yeah. If he's able to actually draw from the dark side, still devoted to the light, there's still some dark side that's going to unfortunately bleed into that lightsaber and cause that mix. Does that explain why he's such a jerk? And that's why he's so powerful. It's why he's got some of the anger. Oh, Sith Lord? But there's more. <laughs> Sorry. That was Yoda my... couldn't see what was happening. The mm. Jedi couldn't see what was happening. Yeah, the enshrouded in darkness and all that. could pull from the dark side, he might have a little bit more insight. Well, that was supposed to be his power, and that's why they were so, like worried about Anakin and all that was he couldn't even see what was going on. His power was supposed to be he could, like his biggest force power was that he could see potential future paths, what they call shatter points in the books and in descriptions of him. Um, and he, whenever he looked at Anakin, he saw a shatter point, that he himself was a shatter point. But anyway, that all being said, I guess for whatever reason, I can't get past the meta that the actor was like, no, I want to be different. I want purple. And, the, and, and, I, and I was with that for the longest time, but it ended up working for the character. It's it just kind of funny. It works for me if he's, a, uh, if he's a Sith. What am I looking at? Later. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so that, that's where we're at. Um, kind of neat. Obviously, one of the most powerful Jedi there's ever been. Yeah. And some of that explanation could come from... Honestly, one of my least favorite characters, though. Um, just because, again, I don't understand a Jedi Master who seems angry. Like, uh, to me, these should be, like, monk-like characters, almost. Like, like Obi-Wan it's... Kenobi seems like a Jedi Master to me. Um, more than Mace Windu does. But anyway, we still have one more Qui-Gon even more than that. Qui-Gon even... Yeah, he... Yeah, uh, yeah. I love Qui-Gon. What about... Black. Black. There is the black, the dark saber, as it's called. Yes, um, dark saber was was originally stolen from a Jedi temple. No, oh, but where does it come from before that? What do you mean it's stolen from? I mean, yeah, but who made it? it was originally a Mandalorian Jedi. It correct? was. He was the uh, first Mandalorian to become a Jedi when he crafted his lightsaber. It was black. That's not really explained how, but it is black, and uh, it becomes known as the Dark Saber. And that was during the Old Republic, so we're talking a long time ago. Yeah, in a galaxy far, far away. Absolutely. So, Dark Saber, as I like to call it, um, Excalibur. Excalibur. Because um, it is the Excalibur of yeah. of Mandalore, right? Well, he who wields the sword is king of the land. Which is why it ends up back on Mandalore, because when the Republic, the first, the Old Republic falls, the Mandalorians raid the temple and take the the black sa- the dark saber back, and it right. becomes the symbol of leadership. And it is sweet. Yeah. It's, it's uh, cool. It is very cool if you can, I, honestly, you can look up dark saber battles and just see them all just watch them on, on YouTube, YouTube's, but yeah. um, if you're really interested in the shows and you haven't watched them yet... Or there even if you're spoilers, not super interested, yeah. yeah, I would get involved in the shows more than doing some, that. But. Some of the most important saber battles happen with the black saber, actually, yes. or the dark saber. They're, they're really excellent. Um, so there are some rumors about it, what it does, what its powers are. Can it um, can it drain light from a room? Can it drain light side power? Does it draw on the person's emotions? Does it? There's all, all kinds of questions, but no, not really any answers um, specifically given. 
through canon at saber. this point. Yeah. Um, so there's more well, to know. And I'm hoping it shows up on the Mandalorian. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's that's really what we're hoping for. We're 50 and minutes in. We'll learn more at that point. I'm thinking we need to move on to our favorite sabers. Yes. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. Because we were going to talk about uh, different colors. What would I identify with? But I, I don't know. I'd like to believe blue, but uh, yeah, I th- I'm I getting think old and broken, so I, I don't know. I think I lean toward the blue, um, but I've got a whole lot of love in the study of the Force lore. And I, I kind of like I think I'd, I'd have a strange You're hue. You're more of a green. You're more of a Obi- or a Yoda, Qui-Gon, I think. I'm more of a Jocasta new. I like to think of myself as the. I like to think of myself if 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 Qui-Gon had stayed and Obi-Wan stayed and the two of them together trained me, that's the person that I think I yeah represent. I'd have a weird hue somewhere between that blue and green, kind of a favorite sabers. We didn't mention the folding saber that appears in the trailer for the Rise of Skywalker, but I mean that's all we have to say about it. It's yeah. a, it appears in the trailer. It's a folding saber. So there you go. <laughs> Might What's not even be in the movie. Sabers? We don't know yet. I don't know that I have a favorite. I don't know that I have a favorite either. I mean, I have emotional connection to certain sabers, like Obi-Wan's saber because it was Obi-Wan's like and Obi-Wan's Darth Maul's and... because it was one of the most epic battles that you'll ever see. Yeah. But that's... Yeah, I would... Yeah, I mean, as far as cool factor, I think uh, Maul wins. As far Maybe. As, we'll see what uh, happens with flipping saber. It might be different. It might be cool. Um, as far as uh, emotional, was... like, oh, that's awesome, Luke's original with Anakin's lightsaber. Right. I like that. Yeah. But, uh... Top five battles. Do we want to go through top five? We were originally going to do top five, but, you know, I realized after we said this, I even though I was avoiding saying anything to you, I think we're going to come up with the same number one. Potentially. I don't yeah. I, So I've got my top two, or th- I've got my top three for let's sure. Let's do top three, because we are going a little and, long And I already. don't know if my top three, I don't know if I have them ordered, but I know which three are my top three. I got um, mine ordered, so... I know my third place. Yeah? My third place is... It's a big spoiler if you haven't watched Rebels. Um, Ooh. It has to do with Ahsoka and Darth Vader. So if you don't want a spoiler on what happens with Ahsoka and Darth Vader, you might want to skip ahead about 10 seconds, 20, 15 seconds, it whatever the default on your little uh, podcaster is. It is just epic, and everything that is emotion from Anakin becoming Vader, the, the comic book that it's I had him read a few battle, minutes ago, like all of those things, anytime you get a little glimpse of Anakin from Vader, it just drives me nuts. In a, it's a, I mean, a good thing, but it's... My number and we one, get that there. By the way, my number one comes from Rebels, but it's not that one. Really? Yeah. Are you the... Uh, the, the... Wait, 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 wait. My number three, though. Oh, no, you're number three. Okay, go for it. Unless uh, you... Yeah, so my number three is actually Maul. Um, because when really? we see Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon take on Maul, it's the first time we see Jedi at the height of their power take on the Sith at the height of their yep. kind of training. So, and it was just mind-blowing to see that, especially after seeing Alec Guinness and, you know, Mark Hamill and them just kind of banging sticks together. Oh, if you haven't seen the, the fan-made film with Ooh, that Obi-Wan and Vader, go look that up. That remake. was phenomenal. Okay, yeah. sorry, keep going. So that was my, well, that was it. My number three is uh, is Should we the, include the that Darth one in our, in our list? No. That might change some things. <laughs> no, we're not, that, no, it's worth talking about. Yeah. We should, we'll do an episode on fan-made, on fan films, I think, at one point. So what's your number two? 
Why don't you go number two? Because my number one and number two are kind of well. Anakin and Obi Wan. Anakin and Obi Wan. Revenge of the Sith. I think that's my two. top. That's your number my one. My number two is the Darth Maul. So we're so, we're ranked okay. the same there. Okay. Um. So my number maybe one I'm is the surprise. Of... Yeah. So my number two is uh yeah Anakin and Obi Wan. I think that fight is is so well done. You know. And it's again for me, it's the Anakin Vader emotion, and it's Obi Wan who is my favorite, and all of that emotion, all of that yeah. thing. It's. It's honestly, it's and really I know, well I know, uh, you know, From say whatever you want about me, it's, it's, well it's hard for me to watch. It is. It is. It's emotionally laced. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, it is yeah. very, very difficult for me to watch, I love but it. I love it. Well, both actors, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, like physically just really did justice to that fight. Yeah. Um, so that was really well choreographed. It was just a beautiful fight. So my number one, so wait a minute, what's your top three? So number three is Ahsoka Vader, mm-hmm. and then number two is Maul, and number one is Anakin Obi-Wan. Yeah. My number one is Obi-Wan Maul. And oh Rebels. my gosh, I wasn't even thinking about that. I knew, yeah. Um, that because it stands best. above all of the others. Oh my gosh, yes. That is yes. the best. That has always been my favorite. I don't know why I didn't say that. All right, so <laughs> I expected you to You now that. know my top four. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, Obi-Wan Maul Part so 2. So this is a big spoiler, um, because if you don't know what happens, um, so you might want to skip ahead a little bit, but Obi-Wan and Maul do face off at the end of the Rebels cartoon. Oh, it's beautiful. And it is gorgeous. Obi Maul comes in there looking all scary, and Obi-Wan comes in there looking kind of frail, and Obi-Wan just schools him. And it is, it's so well done. And it's on Rebels. Um, and it was, it and it was it. people came after it in a bad way, and they just don't understand what happened. Oh, it's if you best. watch it, it is... Because it's short. <laughs> it's short. It's short. It is exactly what it is supposed to be. Yay. Jedi I Master 2. I, I was wondering if you'd remember that. Because, like you said, it stands out so much. It is my favorite. Like, it, it's not even with the others. Like, it is That's it's in a whole other place for me. number ones would be the same. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So that, that kind of wraps up our talk about uh, lightsabers, the history, and blah, blah, blah. All of that. So Mandalorian update time or more comic talk. Which one do you want to do next, Tim? Um, I'm going to run through the comic talk because I think I can summarize a lot of it pretty quick. Even though some really neat stuff is happening, I want to lead you into what's going on. What's going on? Um, in Kylo Ren, the Age of Resistance Kylo Ren was a really cool book. Uh, the way they wrote the story, they paralleled Kylo Ren with Darth Vader, and they both went to this world to uh, to subdue the Banathi, this this Get race of uh, you know, relatively intelligent creatures who, who you can read it if you need to. But um, they both had to do this: Vader with the Empire, and Kylo Ren with the uh, First Order, and they ended up having to fight something that we used to be in Clone Wars um, called a Zillow, Zillow Beast. Beast. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, and That's Azilla one of the few creatures that can resistant to lightsabers. Which is why it fits so perfectly here. Um, so it's great. It was great. Um, there's a Captain Rutherford who is really cool to, to watch what he does and how he works. He used to be a stormtrooper for the Empire. Now he's a First Order stormtrooper, older guy. Um, really awesome. Kind of reminded me of a, of a Clone Wars type. You know, just that older military, you know, what you expect to see. So it's really cool the way that happens. Um, definitely worth the read. The others that we've been reading, we're up to book two, and book three is coming real soon. Are the Jedi Fallen Order books? Um, they are they're in uh, leading us up to the video game that's coming. Um, I don't know how. I don't know what all of the different pieces are. But we've got a Master Cordova and Padawan. I, th- I think her name is Siri. Um, C E R E. I don't know how to pronounce that. Could be Kara or Kara or Chera. I, you know. I don't know. I, I'm going Siri. 
Um, Siri Jinda, we can say Padawan Jinda, um, if that's right too, <laughs> who knows. Um, but we've got an Inquisitor that starts it off, the Inquisitor's there looking at this temple, then we go back in time and we see this Master and Padawan during the time of the Republic looking at this temple on the planet uh, on Totho, and so there's an evil Jedi corporation. Yeah. Okay. So lots of cool stuff happening there. Uh, we're a couple books in trying to see really what's going on. I will say this, in book one, it's, it's one of my favorite Master and Apprentice scenes throughout Star Wars. Um, some stuff went down, Jinda was getting, getting blamed, and Master Cordova really just stood up for her in front of the council and was like, well, if you think about this, what she did is really okay if you, if, from this point of view. Mm. Um, and it was really great to see the, the Master and Apprentice, you know, these are the people who are in charge of us and lead us and could punish us or whatever, and he just stands up for her, and I thought it was really great. Something to... Well, that's... Some, that's Anakin and Ahsoka, when Ahsoka was on trial. Same, same thing. Like, yeah. that's, that's that type of feeling I got from him. It was really great. Um, so worth listening to. Worth, worth reading if you, if you have the time. Um, and that's where we're at with comic books. So let's move on to The, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. So nothing to really update. I was uh, taking a look at the trailer. And it looks like it does, at least part of it, take place on Tatooine. It's, who knows? It's a desert planet. It looks like Tatooine. And it starts with the images of Stormtrooper helmets on Pike's. So this tells me, uh, well, we know Tatooine's part of the Outer Rim. It's supposed to be, you know, the furthest place from anywhere. Um, so do this, And we see actual stormtroopers fighting in the trailer. So we know that these aren't New Order troopers. These aren't necessarily old helmets. Uh, but it does show a planet that has clearly thrown off the yoke of the Empire, at least to a degree. Because in uh, A New Hope, the, uh, you know, the stormtroopers are sitting there checking vehicles and ordering people around on Tatooine. But at the beginning of Mandalorian, which is supposed to take place right after Return of the Jedi, I believe. That's what I believe, um, We see that at least they got some dead stormtroopers there, and they're probably displaying them. We also see death troopers um, show up, which is interesting because, you know, the last time we saw those was in Rogue One. And uh, probably the most interesting part to me is IG-88 seems to be in it, or at least the same model battle droid. And he's going to town. He's dispensing he justice. looks Or awesome. injustice or he something. Is, he's tearing it up. Well, he's, he's a combat droid. Yeah, he's the, the early model of, uh, of Grievous's uh, combat droids. He's an earlier model of those. This trailer is the so, absolute definition of getting my hopes up. I'm excited. And I'm, I'm really... They're there. You guys better deliver. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. And, with, well... 33 days, and we'll see what happens. That's right. Um, so next time, did we want to? Do you want to do the countdowns for comic book? Anything? Yeah, we've got there? about uh, 17 days until uh, Halloween Comic Fest. You can go get a couple of free books there. They're pretty cool. Um, and then a bunch of time until the next one. So that's that's not that big a deal. But the upcoming books, we had a couple of really cool ones. The big one I want to talk about uh, this week's books. Our Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple number three. So we'll have more info about that next week. We're going to talk about and Allegiance number one is the the other big one coming out. That is a preview to Rise of Skywalker. So it's that's pretty exciting. I think there are actually four issues of that coming if I looked correctly. Nice. Um, and we do have another Target Vader book. Those are those are an interesting read. Um, but these are big based on on what's really going on in the Star Wars universe right now. Allegiance and Jedi Fallen Order. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for this podcast. Now, episode six next week, we have already titled it From X-34s to Stardust. <clears throat> a little bit of a riddle there. Yeah. See, uh, see if we know what we're going to be talking about. So uh, we'll post that on our Facebook page, see if people can guess the topic. If 
you Google it, you'll figure it out. From X34s to Stardust will be uh, our next podcast. But as for now, that'll wrap it up for October 10th and our lightsabers. And uh, I am Jim. And I'm Tim. And this was Our Certain certain point Point of View. Good day, everyone. Audio 1.